now, brown cow. How now, brown cow. How now, brown cow. Well, I think it's safe to say that our luck is officially turned around, guys. We are back, baby. We are fucking back. We are back. Classic. All right, we are back. Welcome to Noob. Uh, we have changed locations already during this recording. This is week three of the Noob podcast, New England weekly beer discussion, which is a weekly podcast. Uh, I am the host, Ben Vandal, Boston Beer Benny on Instagram, Be- Treehouse Benny Untapped. Uh, this is my co-host, Mo, to my right now, also Radio, Radio Left. Left. Correct, yeah. So, so, so uh, what's up, Mo? How was your 4th of July? It was great. We spent it with my wife's family, and then we went, obviously, to Mark's house. I saw you there. Yeah. Um, you know, hung out on Saturday, and then went back for the, the fireworks on Tuesday. Good. It was, uh, it was a nice little weekend. Good. So, if this sounds any different, we are in a professional studio, which is also Mo's Kitchen. Uh, so, we have a great show for you today. We're going to run down the tap list, which is a quick uh, jot of what the show is going to be about. We have a great show for you today. Big, busy week in New England beer. So, we're going to start with, first off, we have a new drinking game, which we're very excited to bring you. The rules are extremely funny. It's a way for you to enjoy the show at home. While you enjoy a nice beverage as well, hopefully we can help you get a little more intoxicated than you might normally be. Uh, Second, we have What You're Drinking, which is what we have in store for this weekend as far as cans that we've acquired, things you might be able to get your hands on, which will lead us right into local releases. We have a new segment this week, Throwback Thursday, where we're going to visit an old segment that we did a couple weeks ago, follow up, see how the progress has gone since we last talked about it. Back by popular demand, weird beer stuff. Our listeners loved it, so we're going to try to bring that to you every week if we can. Keep it lighthearted, keep it fun, keep it beer involved. That'll go into our barrel age discussion, which is a change on our deep dive discussion. Same thing, big full-bodied conversation about this week is going to be Mass Beer Law. And then we'll end it, of course, with Shelfer of the Week. So we're going to dive right in here. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun game. You take three Excedrin PMs and you see if you can whack off before you fall asleep. You always win is the best part about the game. This is a great new segment called Games of Skill. Uh, (laughs) Games of Skill, we have been brought to our attention by our listeners that we do have some tendencies here on the show. We are new to the podcast game, so we do want to improve, but we also want to get our listeners good and drunk. So we've developed a drinking game for you at home. Sounds great. I mean, I honestly, I try to avoid talking just to make sure that I don't do some of these things that I, I know that I do. Yeah. Um, but throw some drinking in there, too. Uh, just spice it up a little bit. Yeah, That's, I've uh, been told to embrace the silence is what I've been correct. told. So, so we're going to try that this week. Uh, but where do you want to start? I have two rules for me, two rules for you, and then one is a vintage show rule. Uh, do you want to start with you, start with me? You want to alternate? What do you want to do here? Just give it to me, Ben. All right. All right, so we're going to go with the two Mo rules. If Mo says these things during the podcast, you need to take a sip of your IPA, sour, or stout. That's what we recommend you play with. Uh, the first rule for our noob drinking game, Game of Skill, you need to take one sip if Mo says the word correct. Mo, Mo does say the word correct quite a bit. Uh, if you go back to our first podcast, you probably wouldn't be walking at this time because you'd be so drunk. But he has improved since then. Pretty sure I've said it 
two or three times during this podcast already. So yeah, we're I gonna, need to refocus on that. We're going to get you through the correct uh, portion of this podcast. And the next uh, drink you'll owe us is if Mo mentions his wife, which he did during the opening segment as well. So you owe us a drink. Why don't you go ahead and do that now? Uh, for me, I am not without sin, so I will say as well, one, uh, drink when I say dive into a segment, which I said let's dive in here right before this segment, which is kind of ironic, uh, but you will owe us a drink every time I say dive in. We have about seven segments, so that'll get you about seven sips into your beer there. And also one, if I say fantastic, I use that adjective a lot. Every time I describe a beer, I say it is fantastic. I say it like this, that is fantastic. Fantastic! I do two syllables. So yeah, I, I hadn't why. I hadn't noticed that, but now that you say it, yeah, you know, it's I'm a fantastic adjective. I'm gonna notice it every time you say it. But when a beer is fantastic, what are you supposed to say? Uh, I Phenomenal! Know. I'm gonna have to get my thesaurus ready for the thing, next yeah. time. So I'll buy you one. I'll, uh, I'll one and up. we will have you finish your beverage that you are consuming the remainder of your glass when something crazy happens on the show. Uh, we had our show notes fly into the pool last week. Where uh, we had a saw disrupt the first recording of this podcast. We will probably be under attack by a cat at some point this evening. So uh, if something crazy does happen, we'll just alert you. Go ahead and finish your beer. If you're at work, we uh, we recommend that you do drink at work. But if you can't, <laughs> uh, just make a mental note. Get home. Finish your beer when you get home. And uh, make up your homework. So we will uh, we'll start the game off right we're going to dive into this first segment here, and uh, that is, what are we drinking this weekend? Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. All right, so this is where we tell you on the podcast what we're drinking this weekend, give you an idea of where we're at, the beers that we like, and what we were able to get our hands on. So, Mo, what are you drinking this weekend? Well, what I have in front of me right now is Long Live Hopeless Romantic. You also have it with you as well. Yeah. Uh, got a chance to go there yesterday. Um, tried the year and a half anniversary, uh, super juice bomb, fantastic. They didn't have it available for growlers, unfortunately. That was a Mo fantastic, not a me fantastic. So that doesn't count. It doesn't count. Although if it becomes a tendency of mine, maybe we'll have to add that to the drinking okay. game and just make the, the word in general a, a drinking rule. Yeah, we'll update the game. Yeah, of course. Um, so the Hopeless Romantic just had a couple sips of it. Uh, it's drinking beautifully. Uh, it was released on May 24th, so it's they've had it on tap for a little while now. It's nothing yeah. brand new from them. But a first time that I've been able to have it, so uh, yeah, I remember great. having it uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, they do fantastic stuff. We <laughs> and there it is, fantastic. Uh, they do great stuff. But we did, uh, we did go over what they were going to have the year and a half IPA last week. So we we're hoping that you were able to get your hands on it. Uh, Mo had to go in house and enjoy that. But if you do get a chance to get out there, it is fantastic. Wow, that is a real bad problem that I have. But <laughs> now you notice it more yeah, me, since you pointed it out. Yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking? For me, I really have nothing left. I mean, I have a couple of shelfers. Bear bombs. Shelfer of the week. I have two big birds left. I am on straight stouts that I've been cellaring right now. I have like one sour left. So I got to re-up here. But um, I may go out to Proclamation, which we'll get into in local releases on Friday. And I'm going to the We're Funked Sour Fest this weekend, put on by Night Shift in Walpool. I'm super excited about that. And hopefully, I won't be able to leave with any beer, but at least I'll get to try some stuff. That's on Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, okay. yeah. Okay. So that's uh, Sunday's a scheduling conflict for a lot of people. I probably shouldn't be drinking a lot on Sunday before work. But you know what? We're going to go for it because, I mean, what do I have left? 
you know, so <laughs> that'll that'll roll us right into local releases. Um, bit of a scary week here in New England beer. Treehouse had a problem with their canning line. I heard that. Uh, luckily, they were able to get it back up. Proclamation had no beer for a couple of days because they were focusing on their move. Tilted Barn closed for the week because they are on vacation. A very, very scary time to be where we live in the beer world. It kind of shows you how much we kind of rely on this. But Treehouse did get back up and running. Their canon Julius Curiosity 38. Proclamation got back on the canning line. They are canning a beer called Mango Mouth Breather, oh. which I'm super excited about. That's why I'm going to head out there on Friday and try to get some of that. They also have Galaxy Derivative, too, which I was trying to get my hands on and yeah, haven't, haven't been able to. Uh, up to Bissell Brothers, they put out some new summer jams. Ingram in a can, Lux and Subby. They have plenty of cases of those if you're able to get up to Portland. Get your hands on those. Maybe you're Portland-based and you can get it a little easier than us. But And if you can, ship it down. Yeah. I can private message my address if you, know, you want to yeah. send me. Yeah, bostonbeerbenny at gmail.com. We will put together a trade for you if you'd like. So just uh, let us know on that. Uh, Mo, you got some local releases? Yeah, I got a couple things. Uh, tried to go a little outside the normal scope since you know we're always doing Treehouse and we're always doing Proclamation, Tilted yeah. Barn. Not that I, there's anything wrong with that, but you know, since they weren't putting out as much beer this week, yeah, uh, we do a little focus on uh, the Alchemist. So the Alchemist has obviously Heady Topper and Focal, although the Heady Topper limit was two four packs per person. Okay. Thought that was kind of weird, a little low. Um, they have Beelzebub, Pappy's Porter, uh, and they're doing another Skadoosh release, all all case per person releases. Uh, so if you're able to get up there, up to Stowe, uh, you can come away with a with a shit ton of beer. Uh, Hill Farmstead's doing a fresh uh, fresh batch of a beer called Ephraim. Uh, it's an Imperial IPA. Never yeah. heard of it before. No. Not yet. Uh, apparently, it must have some kind of a, a pretty good following with them because they put it front and center on their website. So and No more canning? Just bottles for that? Just bottles for now. I okay. haven't seen any, uh, any other canning updates. Yeah. They have a, a shitload of beer on tap like they always do. They have Edward, Mary, Harlan, Abner... Uh, they have a Sunrise edition of Shirley May on Nitro, which I've never heard of either. But no, no. always excited when uh, when somebody has something on Nitro. It's kind of a weird, a weird thing. Yeah, that's gonna catch on. That's I gonna catch so. on. Uh, they're also doing a uh, special bottle. Uh, they're bringing back Convivial Suarez. Uh, it's made mm. with Vermont wildflower honey. Yeah, that's a really good one. I don't think I've had that one. No, that's uh, I think that's Grassroots Brewing. That's a Correct. tiny little segment. Yep, that is. Um, Couple other ones. Smutty Nose has a, a Pinniped special. Uh, Vienna Lager, not really my style, but uh, that is something new that they're releasing. Uh, Wheels of Soul, a double IPA, nine percent. Uh, you don't see a whole lot of double IPAs from Smutty Nose, so that was yeah. kind of cool. Uh, Deciduous in New Market, New Hampshire. They have a Berliner Weiss with passion fruit and raspberry called Gleam. Sounded like something I could get into in the summertime. Um, and then a couple releases from Kent Falls. Uh, kind of a drive for us. Um, I don't know how far our listener base goes out to. Yeah. But this is Kent, Connecticut, about three hours away for us. Uh, we've had a couple of their beers on tap at the cask. So I'm kind of interested in what they do. Uh, they have a prickly pear goza, which sounds really, really cool. They also have a beer called Patrick Hazy, which oh, I, I have to assume is a take on Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Uh, it's an IPA with mosaic, Simcoe, and citra powder. So that sounded really interesting. And then they have a Papaya Lemongrass Brett IPA uh, available for growler fills. It's a Brett IPA. 
conditioned on papaya and lemongrass. Mm, sounds sounded, delicious. Sounded really odd. So, and if you're uh, if you're driving out to Kent Falls, you might as well keep going out to Brooklyn because other half just did a collab with Monkish, oh, which we hinted shit. to a couple weeks ago. We said we had some inside information on what other half was doing. Uh, they just did a collab with Monkish. They did three separate cans. Uh, if you can, request them in a trade immediately because they are not going to last. That will be the hottest thing that you can see probably this summer. Um, have we talked to our connection yet? We, and by uh, we, I mean have you? Yeah, maybe maybe a couple whispers here and there, but okay. I don't know uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I heard that was, pretty, that was pretty strict on those release limits. But, I bet. Uh, that is what we are drinking this week. That is also our local releases portion. And we're going to hop over to the Throwback Thursday. Pretty awesome collection of nudie mags. Yeah, I got them from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It's like masturbating in a time machine. New segment, guys. Throwback Thursday, where we hop back into a segment that we did a couple weeks ago and kind of see the developments that have happened over this past couple weeks. This week, we're going back to the InBev discussion. Uh, it's really InBev versus the craft world right now. It certainly seems that way. Yeah, and the big update on this development uh, was that the BA, or the Brewers Association, not Beer Advocate, has put out an independent craft seal that they will put on all beers that they deem to be independent. Uh, what they call independent is less than 25% of your company is owned by Big Beer, as they call it. Um, it's kind of... It's kind of put a jolt into some of the some of the beer companies that have sold out a little bit to InBev. So InBev put out a video featuring Wicked Weed, High End, Four Peaks, and Barrel Brewing. Uh, they responded where they were not happy with this. As you can imagine, it's going to eat into their sales. It's kind of calling them something that they don't feel that they are. Um, and the quote here that I took from it all was the problem is that BA continues to refuse to let the consumer make up their own mind and tries to make it up for them. That's the way the InBev people feel. Um, how do you feel about this topic? Uh, this is a hard one. I mean, I've, I've honestly, when I saw this was on the, the docket, when you sent me the notes, I didn't really know where I, where I stood on that because they have a point. Yeah. That that I mean that quote was very valid to me and and the big thing with these companies is that they are trying to make up your mind for you. They want you to think that something is more craft than something else just because they know it's hot right now. Yeah. And that word craft is gold. If you can say your beer is independent, your beer is craft, it it's sexier, it carries a lot more clout. But the fact that they're like force feeding it to you is is kind of it's troubling, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where I stand on this. Yeah, I mean, what I see the Brewers Association doing is they're sticking up for the little guy. They're kind of make... Definitely. They're trying to keep it so independent brewers can go out, brew the product that they want to brew, and not be restricted by bigger companies, kind of squash sure. them before they get the ball rolling. Uh, but I, I do feel a little bit for the bigger companies, the InBev companies... But you got your payday. I mean, why are you concerning yourself with this craft beer symbol? And everyone on the video is saying, you know what? If you buy your beer based on a little badge that's on the beer, then that's bullshit. And you know what? Then if that's the way you feel, that's the way you feel. Stop complaining about it. Maybe I'm naive to the to the situation, but I wouldn't think that Wicked Weed is going to change. I mean, just using them as an example. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to change their whole business concept, their business model, just because... They were purchased by InBev. If anything, 
they, I mean, they're probably going to get improved. I mean, as, yeah. as far as quality of, you know, equipment, facilities, maybe distribution lines. Um, but I, I just don't see companies like that completely just losing their way. So if you were a craft brewery beforehand, wouldn't you still be a craft brewery after the fact? I mean, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I see it, but I kind of see the, the craft brewer as like, like a farmer. Sure. You know, he goes to a farmer's market and he sells his product. That might not be true because they're getting more and more distro, but they go to a, they take pride in their product. They put their face to the name and InBev just comes in and buys it and puts their face on it and they get all the rewards. So, I mean... The, that's the way I really see it. Is these people got their payday? Stop complaining. Uh, you got your money. That's what you did it for. You didn't sell it for any other reason other than money. Uh, the guys I feel bad for are like founders. Founders sold the thirty percent stake of their company last year, um, so they're technically above that twenty five percent. Does that make them not craft, even though they own seventy percent? And I don't really know the percentage that Wicked Weed sold. I I was pretty sure it was like the whole thing. That's the way I understood yeah. it, but I I don't I'm not privy to those details. But are you not going to rush out and buy KBS next year because it doesn't have a tag on it? Well, that's what one person said in the uh, in the group, the group message on Facebook. Yeah. Are you not going to buy uh, the Bourbon Counties? Yeah. This year because Goose Island's owned by a big company. Yeah. So I mean, there are definitely exceptions to that rule. Breweries that normally you would look at like, oh, that's they're owned by Big Beer, but. They still have releases that people clamor for, yeah. and they want KBS, Bourbon County Stouts. I mean, you're never going to get away from those. You're going to buy them every year. You know it. I know it. Um, it's just, it's it's very weird. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, it it is what it is. It's one of those topics. And for more on this topic, uh, you can join our Facebook group, which is the Nude Facebook group. Join the discussion. We'll post our article. We'll post that video. So you can take a look at it, see exactly what we're talking about, make the opinion up for yourself, and we can go from there. Uh, We'll hop into our next topic, which is everyone's favorite. It's weird beer stuff. Dad, we're men, okay? That means a few things. We like to shit with the door open. We talk about pussy. We go on riverboat gambling trips. We make our own beef jerky. That's what we do. And now that is all wrecked. We literally have never done any of those things. We are still getting used to the sound buttons here because they still crack us up. It's quite funny. (laughs) I mean, I hope you enjoy them as much as we do. But this is weird beer stuff. Uh, We go around the world, find the weirdest things that people are doing with beer. We change up the format a little bit. I'm going to tell Mo about a topic that I found. Uh, he has no idea about it, and then we'll go over this topic, and I'll ask him a couple questions, and then he'll return the favor to me. Lay it on me. So we're going to start with the weird beer stuff, Mo. Okay. And this is from a company called Brew Dogs. Stop me if you've heard this. Uh, in 2010, they came out with a line of beer called The End of History. Okay. okay. What's special about this beer? 50% ABV. <laughs> and $765 a bottle. Okay. Um, but it doesn't stop there. They brewed 12 bottles only. And those bottles were put in a taxidermied squirrel or weasel. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So picture this. A dead squirrel or weasel <laughs> with its mouth open facing the gods. And there's a beer spout coming out which you pour this delicious beer end of history into a glass. Um... Wow. My question for you, Mo, do you think anyone is selling one of those beers? Are they still in existence or have all 12 been consumed? Ah, uh, 
Jeez. First, do you know the answer to that question? I don't. I don't. Because I'm kind of wondering if a trade value is like what you really think this wow. would be worth. If somebody put out There's got to be some idiot that still has it. I mean, really. It has yeah. to be. Or somebody that's going to sell you a knockoff homebrew in a squirrel. If you, some hillbilly. <laughs> if you spend 700 what What'd you say? $765? Yeah, $765. If you spend $765 and popped it that night, you should be shot on yeah. sight. Well, it's 50% ABV. they got to have at least a couple sips left. I mean, that's, I would think so. That's something you you celebrate. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Hey, let's go to my dead squirrel carcass. Let's pop right. it. Let's have a sip. <laughs> right? I mean, that's... that's... That's a great conversation piece. Do um, they continue to do it? Or was that just like a one-time... That's a one-time... Wham, thing. bam, thank you, ma'am. End of history. Wow. I mean, way to go out with a bang, though, right? That's, that's a great start to this, to this <laughs> segment. I don't know if I can even come close to that. And uh, my second question for you, Mo. Has there ever been a more dominant move by a species on species than to put a beer bottle, a recreational beverage... Into another carcass of another species. I don't. I don't know if I can think of an instance. That's just literally shoving something into. Yeah. I mean, for recreation. It's not like it's not even, to drink beer. There's no purpose no, for there's it. There's nothing at all. I there's, can't think of any reason why you would want to do that. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna make a very exclusive beer, fifty percent ABV. Oh, let's put it in a squirrel carcass. Right. And somebody was like, "Oh shit, that's a good idea. We yeah. should do that." Yeah. So that was obviously brought up. And then also seconded. Yeah, I also wonder what the ratio of squirrel to weasel is. You yeah, know, you know, are they rarer, six six? one a, rarer than the other? Yeah, was kinda? it a six and six? Was it an eight and four move? Huh. You know, it, it's kind of, yeah, which one's worth more, the weasel or the squirrel? Right. Um, it's exciting stuff, but that's all I got. What do you What do you got for me? See, I didn't I didn't find anything that cool. <laughs> um, I did have one uh, one. I, I I found two that okay. I thought were pretty cool. Again, not even close to this uh, to the weirdness that you found. Uh, I found in Portland, Oregon, uh, they do a beer infused cupcake competition every year. Okay. okay. So basically, there's three uh, local purveyors of cupcakes, cakes, and they take some local beer, they put it in the recipe, and they make cupcakes out of it. Yeah, see, that's like, not even weird. That's just it, smart. That's good business, yeah. I guess. And they only charge $10 to try the cupcakes. Yeah, uh, you That's know, your ticket. It's $10. Four cupcakes, boom. That's a lost opportunity. And then $16 if you pair it with the beer. That's like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, what you do, if you're a smart businessman, you go out there, you buy all the cupcakes, sell them in the parking lot for 20 bucks. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, if you wanted to do that, I is that illegal? You could. It's Portland. It's Portland, Oregon. I don't know. I don't know their laws on cupcake selling. No. Okay. Uh, the other one that I found, I don't really have any questions for you on that because I know you would go to that. Yeah, I would like, absolutely. That's, that's no a doubt. No-brainer. no brainer. The other one that I did find isn't a. Uh, it, it is beer related. Uh, there's a North American Wife Carrying Championship in oh. Newry, Maine. N e w r y. Okay. So basically, the concept is uh, you have to carry your wife, or your wife can carry you if you know if that makes sense for your. Group. Mm. Uh, it's a 278 yard course uh, with hurdles, beer barrels, sand traps. There's also a water hazard that they call the Widowmaker. Okay. okay. So the the top two winners they get a cash prize and you win your wife's weight in beer. Wow! Wow! Now there's a strategy to that. There is. There's now, a couple do you different go in with strategies. With a light wife and win less beer. Yeah. Do you go in with a heavier wife and try to win more beer? There are a couple strategies as far as that goes. Um, just looking at some of the pictures from the event, clearly. There are many different ways of, A, carrying your wife, yeah. which I didn't really think twice about that. I just figured, you know, arms around your neck, she'd be on your back. Okay. A lot of people did uh, upside down. Yeah. So wrapped their feet around the head and hung down that way. Oh, wow. I guess to, like, distribute the weight a little better so it's Maybe. not all on your back. Possibly. Um, so that, that seemed really weird to me, but the, the winners from last year both 
uh, both went with that strategy. So uh, it seemed to be the better one. Um, how do you go through the water pit with her? I'm, I'm not sure how that goes. I, mean, I didn't that, see any pictures of that. But they call it the Widowmaker. So. Well, what you could also do if you're physically fit is you could go down on your hands and she'd be on her feet. And then, bam, you guys are switching halfway through the competition. I don't, yeah, I don't, know, if you, I don't know if you can do that. I'd have to look at the rules okay. for that. Yeah, we gotta, we got to get deeper into those rules. I mean, that's, that, that's nothing that I would do. I would have no interest in doing that. No, you know, I that's don't That's a think, lot of beer, but... Yeah, if I was to walk 278 yards on a flat course, I'd be kind of tired. Yeah, I don't know if I, I could carry anybody that far. For my wife's weight in beer, um, would it be worth it? It depends on the beer. It really sure. does. I yeah. mean, I don't get me wrong. I could drink that much beer, but... If it's if it's Bud Light, if it's a Heineken, whatever they Pass. are, I don't. Yeah, Pass. no, thank I'm, you. I'm not interested. No, thank you. I can walk to the store less than 278 yards from my car and get all that beer. So uh, that is it for weird beer stuff. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Ben took that one. Yeah, I'll post the link up to uh, End of History too, and see if you can uh, get your hands on that bottle. That'll also be in our <laughs> Facebook discussion. Good luck. And, and we're gonna go down to our beer age discussion. Uh, if I can find the button. I'm fine. It just uh, threw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, you know, in some cultures, they only eat vomit. <laughs> I've never been there, but I read about it in a book. <laughs> uh, this is our barrel age discussion. Uh, it replaces our deep dive discussion because I say deep dive a lot. I say dive in a lot. As you know, in our drinking game, if you're at home, please take a drink. Uh, we are going to get to a topic that we didn't get to get to last week. We didn't get to get to it. It's mass beer law. Uh, those of us that live in Massachusetts, myself, Mo, we are slaves to the beer law. We don't get... Um, they are pretty strict beer laws. We don't have happy hour, which we haven't had since we were children. Uh, they don't allow us to... They put certain restrictions on growlers, how much we can buy. No facility can sell beer that they don't make on the premises that's their own beer uh, so we'll go in i'm going to go down a couple things here for the mass beer law things that we uh, are starting to see change things that we want to see change mo hopefully can go a little more in depth being actually in the business he can tell me what he legally can and can't do hopefully he can elaborate more but the three things we're going to talk about today are the growler changes uh, this is really the big one for mass about a month ago it uh, used to be in Massachusetts. We have some of our big, big brewers, Trillium, Treehouse, some of the best brewers in the state. If you went there to get a growler, you had to buy their growler with their logo on it. This just recently changed to allow you to fill a blank growler. Uh, so that is one thing we will talk about. Second is the possibility of tap rooms, hopefully in the near future. If you go out to New York or many states, Philadelphia, things like that, you can actually go to a liquor store or a bar. You can buy a growler of any beer that you want that they sell and take it home with you, depending on the establishment. That's a key thing for those that like growlers, those that want to share a bottle. It's much easier to buy that than buy a six-pack and get all the extra packaging. It's also more affordable. And the last thing we'll go over is daily licenses. Mass distributes daily license pours. Uh, to breweries that don't have the ability to sell beer in-house yet. I'm not sure the specific reasons why, but I know Treehouse is a big one on that. Uh, we have, um, we will go more into that. But let's start with the growler fills, Mo. So this, um, this has been an issue for a while. I know I, as a craft beer seeker, I have at least 20 growlers at home. 
different oh, yeah. that became a collection, but I have like seven treehouse. Mm-hmm. I have like five trillium. Uh I have multiple even <laughs> obscure companies sure. that you can imagine. Um Treehouse is tough because they change what you can take home yeah. pretty much on the fly. Yeah. So you So unless there. you bring a cooler with you know, basically every growler that you have from them, yeah. you still might not have the right combination. Because I've gone up there with two 64 ounces and two little guys, yeah. and it turns out that day the only thing they let you take home was three little guys. Yeah. So I ended up having to buy a little guy anyways. So you get you get you run into that at Treehouse a lot. So yeah. So they they just changed this about a month ago, I would say, where you could fill up your own blank growler. It's state law. It's not. It does not have to be followed by the brewery. Correct. You know, correct. So it's it's the brewery's discretion. Yeah, that I said correct and most said correct. So, so you that, drink you could drink twice for that if you wanted. Yeah. To. So uh, you could fill your own blank growler and take it home. That's at the discretion of the brewery. Have we heard anything about breweries rejecting these? I don't think this is going to be a thing in in Massachusetts. I mean, I know the law was passed. Um, I just don't see breweries like Treehouse and Trillium. Uh, wanting to put their beer in some a in somebody else's container yeah is that a thing not that i've heard so i can bring it has to be a blank growler to these places it has to be blank yeah okay that at least makes a little more sense for them but i i wouldn't feel comfortable as a brewer putting my beer into a a night shift growler or you know any other brewery because even if you put your little tag on the top it's it's like your your branding your beer is theirs almost. I know it's it's yeah. not that, but it it seems like that. And I would think that a lot of breweries would be kind of hesitant to do that. So the blank growlers make a little more sense. Um, so maybe some breweries will fall in line there. But I haven't heard anything from Trillium Treehouse, any of the major ones, anyways, that they're doing this. Have yeah. you? I haven't. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, but I would imagine that it won't happen until they sell out of their glass stock, if that's something that they want to do. Right. Switch and to blank ones. It will help them with their inventory on that. Yeah, I would Because you so. won't have to carry a thousand growlers on hand at yeah. all times. You could have you know, half that, a quarter of that even. Yeah. Um, you could just keep a growler as a consumer in the backseat of your car, roll up to a sure. brewery no matter where you are and be able to get beer. That would be great. And that goes back to my, my liquor store argument. When you go to a liquor store... And you have to ask the guy if they have this in stock, Sip of Sunshine, Grim, something like that. Uh, the point of them is to sell the beer. They, I don't know why they're limiting who they're selling to. So yeah, if they were that. to turn you away for not being able to put it in somebody else's growler, I just think that's a little ridiculous. But I do see I do see what you're saying as far as that goes. Um, so we'll try to keep you up to date on that. We'll post some more stuff on our Facebook group. Um and going on to the tap room, the tap room hopefulness, Mo, you work at a tap room. Would you think it's a benefit to you if you were able to pour growler fills of any beer that you had on tap for a customer to take home? I know that's kind of a foreign concept here, but there is a great place that I like to go when I'm in NYC called the Beer Shop. You've told me. They do 12 taps, uh, all great craft beers that they rotate every week. They'll fill any growler with any beer for you to take home. There are some limitations there. Like Hetty Topper will give them stuff and they won't allow people to carry it out. You have to drink it there. Makes sense. And they also there have a uh, cooler there where they can sell cans. They sell cans and bottles on the premises as well. No food there. I don't know if that's a loophole that they get by. Maybe. But that is something that you can do in other states. And to have something like that around here, I think it would thrive because obviously there's nothing around here. 
but that's because of the law. Right. I I would be my main concern with that would be slowing service down. Yeah. Where I mean, uh, this is a restaurant mm-hmm. first and a you know a tap room second, where we would be putting air in those containers, sanitizing them. You know, the filling process does take a little while. Yeah. Um, and if we did do it and if we were allowed to do it, it would probably be huge. Yeah. So the business would be huge. The inventory, we'd have to carry all those growlers that the breweries don't have to carry. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we would just be keeping hundreds of blank growlers downstairs so that we could fill. It it sounds like a good idea. I I think it would be a lot of work, uh, but it could be a lot of money too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you 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 would see your sales jump through the roof if you could start selling beer and having it walk out the door. I mean, when they changed the law with wine, uh, I don't even remember how long ago it was. Maybe ten years ago now, maybe more, where you could take a bottle of wine home. Yeah, that changed the industry because people would would buy a bottle of wine when they didn't even want it because they could take it home with them. Yeah. Now, if you even if you allowed people to buy a growler in store. And then take what's left of it with them. I mean, you get into all kinds of all kinds of quirky things with the law. With that, it would need to be heavily regulated. Yeah. And you know, probably the growlers would only need to be consumed offsite. Yeah. I to, mean, we do it onsite would be like a whole a whole nother ball game. You know, we've been saying for a while that craft beer is a new wine. So yeah, it, it, it is. could happen. I mean, it's probably right around the corner. And Mass is just seeing. All these places, all these breweries making money, and the restaurant owners are probably going to them like, hey, what's going on here? Why can't we make any money off this too? Sure. Um, so hopefully that's something that gets up to date. I, I dream of a day when I can go down and get a growler from somewhere. That would uh, be great. Yeah, something that, again, you don't get access to, but somebody has it on tap, and you can go fill even a 32-ouncer, bring it home with you to enjoy later. Maybe you just don't feel like drinking 32 ounces at once, you know? There's so much stuff that I can get from suppliers that you're not going to find in a liquor store. Yeah. Like, they're sending me a Grimm this week for the first time in, like, a month. Uh, It's called Force Field, double IPA. I'm not going to find that in a store. Yeah. But if you could come and get a 750 of it at the Cask and Pig... You'd sell it in a day. Yeah, it'd be gone instantly. Or, I mean, even at the poor farm. Yeah. If they could do stuff like that, God, they'd sell their beer so much faster. Yeah, and we are running a little long on time, but the last one we are going with is daily licenses. Uh, Treehouse Brewery is probably the most famous example of this in the state. They do get daily permits to distribute pours, usually on a holiday weekend. I don't know what they did this weekend, if they did it, but... I think they did. Yeah, I mean, that that should have been an inside tip that I gave. But they usually do it on holiday weekends. They get people in there, they give pours, and people pay by the day. My question for you, I don't know if you know about this at all, but why do they not just do this all the time? Is this a, is this an issue? Do you have to be an established bar or are you only allowed to get these daily permits? It's just easier to do it that way for them. The reason why they do it, as far as I understand, if you have a liquor license, you have to serve liquor during hours of operation. Okay. And you need to have a set time that you start and a set time that you stop. Yeah. You can't only serve beer from four to six or two to five or anything like that. If you're going to have a liquor license, you need to serve it for the duration of your opening. Now you can close earlier, you know, like do a last call at five o'clock because we close at six type of thing, but there needs to be a set time that you serve alcohol for. And I would guess that Treehouse gets the daily pours because they only want to do it 
when they want to do it. Yeah. And when you get the daily license, you can pour as long as you want. And what they do is even smarter. They only pour until they run out of beer. Yeah, and it would be madness there too. I mean, yes. if you've ever been there trying to get growlers and cans, uh, the daily license just seems like a, a better way, pay to play, if you will. Yeah. It's just simple. They go in, they get their money grab. I've never month, been on a daily pour day. Me either. But, but and, it, in my mind, like the one time that I did, we did run into it a little bit was when we went, I think it was on a Friday that we went, mm-hmm. and they kicked something, yeah. and then they poured it on Saturday for yeah. their daily pour license. Yeah. I remember being kind of pissed off about that. Yeah, that was the bright with Citra. Right, and it was, oh, well, we were saving it for the next day's pours. That seemed kind of silly to me. Yeah, but, we were like 300th in line, but still, <clears throat> true. you got 300 people out there in 10 degree weather, the least you could do is fill out growlers. Right. Hey, who am I to say? Me, I'm, I'm nobody, for sure. <laughs> so that's the end of our barrel-aids discussion. We'll try to post more on our Facebook group. Uh, again, if you have a topic that you want us to talk about next week, deep dive into, uh, let us know. Just hit us up. Uh, Instagram, Boston Beer Benny, Untapped, Treehouse Benny. You can't really get a hold of me there. But you can email <laughs> us at bostonbeerbenny at gmail.com or go on our Facebook group now, Noobed, N-E-W-B-D. You found the podcast. You can find the Instagram. And, well, that's not even the Instagram. You can find the Facebook. But we'll go. go into our last segment Everyone's favorite, Shelf of the Week. Wow, this is uh, pretty crowded. Yeah, well, $9 beer night. Shelf of the Week, we tell you what you can get on the shelfers in your local liquor store. It's an important part of being a beer drinker. If you are not a craft beer drinker, but you do listen to the podcast, maybe you're just a friend, maybe you just enjoy our antics, uh, try one of these beers. Uh, I'll tell you a brief story here before we get going. I remember it was probably five, six years ago now. Tried my first IPA. It was Sierra Nevada. It was mm. about room temperature in my mom's basement. Perfect. And it was terrible. And I thought for a while, maybe even a couple of years, that I did not like IPAs. That's really what I thought. And boy, was that a boy was I wrong. I mean, a lot's changed since then. So maybe the last time you tried an IPA, a lot has changed since then. It's got more on the East Coast flavor where we are. A little more juicier, a little more high octane, a little smoother than uh, the bitter West Coast beers that yeah. have been traditionally uh, front running for a while. So that's what we started on. You know, we started from we literally started from the bottom, and now we're here. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I mean, Drake said it, so you can say it. And uh, my shelf of the week this week is from a brewery out in Chicago, Lagunitas. Uh, they had a one hitter series this year where they did a one off on this new beer called Black Swan. It's a sour ale. Uh, great color. Unbelievably deep color. Drinks like a smooth wine. It's a, not as sour as you'd hope, but it is a very good beer. It's like 8.5%. I got a six-pack in glass bottles for about 12 bucks. I found it fantastic. It was. It's great to break up what you're drinking, and uh, it's also uh, it's pretty good. So if you can get your hands on it, Lagunitas, they do great stuff. I enjoy their regular IPA. I enjoy uh, their little something. I enjoy their Aunt Sally Sour IPA. So try this one, the one-hitter Black Swan Sour IPA. A sour ale, sorry. Uh, what do you got, Mo? Definitely worth a shot. I will shout out Black Swan because I, I got one of those six that you purchased. Solid solid beer. Yeah. Uh, my shelf for the week is from Norwood, Mass. Um, the Castle Island uh, brews a lot of cool stuff up there. Uh, the one that I had in mind was their Vern. 
uh, V-E-R-N, in case uh, I'm slurring my words a little bit. I have been <laughs> playing this game. Yeah. So it's a Mosaic Wheat IPA. Uh, also has some Columbus and some Sip- Simcoe hops in there. 6.8%, so not super boozy. Uh, it is an 89 on Beer Advocate. So very solid ratings for something you can find on pretty much every beer shelf. Um, and we do carry it at the Cask and Pig, too, in cans. There you so, go. Just yeah. a solid beer and, you know, shameless plug. Yeah, Castle Island's doing well, too. They're down over near Night Shift and yep. Mystic. If you get a chance to go out there, hit those three breweries. Also hit, there's a distillery right near there. Yeah. I can't think of the uh, name. I don't think of the, but, I can't think of the name. Um, We'll get that next time on the podcast. Sorry for running long. Again, we are noobed. New England weekly beer discussion. Once a week, we'll tell you about what's going on in the New England beer scene. Boston Beer Benny on Instagram. Treehouse Benny on Untap. Boston Beer Benny at gmail.com for any topics. And also find us on Facebook, noobed Facebook group, and subscribe on iTunes, please. See ya. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you next week.